No, start this over. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hello, welcome to What's Affinity for 500 Points with Farrell Briggs and Mo Kamara. My name is Mo Kamara. I am a sophomore at King's College, sociology major, and affiliated with the Black Student Union, Sisterhood, and African Student Association. Hello, I'm Farrell Briggs. I'm a sophomore as well. I'm associated with the groups BSU, Sisterhood, and SOCA. Beautiful. Today, um, we have a mighty packed podcast for you all. Um, we're going to discuss, first, let's begin what affinity for 500 points is um it's a podcast where we discuss affinity groups (laughs) and we're going to be talking about multiple topics such as um the campus reputation of affinity groups uh why allyship what else uh the relationship between sisterhood and moc and multiple more things so the first thing we're going to get into is what do we think affinity groups are for and how does that look like for us on Kenyan campus? Sarah, do you want to start? Yes. For me, affinity groups basically, like coming from New York City, which is a very diverse place, and then moving to a PWI, I looked at affinity groups as a place for comfort and a safe space to connect with people that look like me and have similar experiences with me. And like also bond with them because I know there's other people that come from like California, New York, mm-hmm. or other like places like that that are going through the same thing as me, so I can feel less lonely in my experience and have people to bond with. I feel the same. I feel as if like affinity groups. The way I would um, describe it is that an affinity group is a group, a friend group before you actually make your friend group because mm-hmm. I feel as if um, that's where you first get connected with um, almost every student that looks like you. Because I remember for me. For example, my first Black Student Union um, meeting, that is where I got to see basically the entire Black student population at Kenya. Well, majority of them, not everybody attended. But um, <laughs> that's where I got to see people who look like me. Um, we got to come into a room and begin discussing things that we don't discuss with um, other races around. And it's just a meant to be a place. Like I feel like an affinity group is meant to be a place, like you said, for comfort. It's supposed to be almost like a second home of sorts. Mm-hmm. And um, regarding how I feel like Kenyan approaches that, I feel as if uh, we try our best, but because of the community of color on our campus, and I feel as if that because the community of color of our campus, we're more focused on our individuality and we're not focused so much on an affinity group, we have not reached our full potential, if that makes sense. So what steps do you think we could take in order to be, like, fulfill our, like, goal of being a proper infinity group and being a proper community? I feel as, <laughs> the, the steps to be taken is that, like, people actually want to come and be a part mm-hmm. of the Black Student Union or Sisterhood or, um, what's it called, or um, African Student Association. Because I'm like, because I think for me, what I associate with, like, peop- what I associate with being involved in an affinity group is attendance. And I'm just, like, thinking of former meetings and how there's been moments where at a Black student union meeting, there's more white students than there Mm. are Black students. And I'm like, what is happening here? (laughs) And I'm like, where is the support? But um, but then I also, like, hear other people, and I've heard, like, white people don't come to affinity groups, and they say, like, their response is that I don't understand how I had to come to a PWI and still contribute my time to being a black student outside of already being black 
which makes sense. But then again, I'm like, this is a community, so why not come into a community? I don't know. But you can go ahead and add to what you think, like how Kenyan is addressing, well, how Kenyan affinity groups are fitting into the affinity group standard for you. I agree with what you're saying. I just, I feel like, I don't know, this semester, especially, like, with Sisterhood, I heard a lot of complaints about it being, like, not as a community as it used to be our freshman year. Like, I remember our freshman year, we used to have a lot of talks specifically, like, um, colorism, not feeling, mm-hmm. like, Black women not feeling wanted or appreciated on campus. And I feel like this semester, people have talked about not having the same connections with each other in the group. Mm. And I, I'm wondering why. I know you're a part of the Sisterhood Executive Board, so can you speak on to why, like, certain reasons why you feel that's that's how it feels this semester? Um, I feel as if when looking at, I, I'm even guilty of this. Um, as president of sisterhood, I got caught up in my own life and like mm. my own personal issues, and I put affinity groups on a back burner. And I feel as if that happened to a lot of um, Kenyan POC students this semester, mm-hmm. and also the attendance completely plummeted. Like <laughs> there be there's like I would say fifty women of color on Kenyan campus and I would attend sisterhood meetings and there would be 10 students. Uh. So I feel as if also another thing is once you form your own like friend group of women of color, you don't feel a necessity for sisterhood anymore because you built a necessity. You built your sisterhood with your friends. Uh-huh. So I feel like that's what happened also. Cause I, I'm talking, I remember like talking to a couple of first years and it seems as if like, what I was sensing is that they already had their sisterhood. They didn't need much more sisterhood and it wasn't necessary for them to come to um, meetings and such. And regarding the connection, that honestly might be the exec board because honestly, the people on the, no shade, but the people on the exec board uh, were in their own lane if one must classify it. And I feel as if that because they were their own individuals and they were their own people and sometimes they didn't connect with others, I feel like that just is not a good mix for sisterhood and also um first years would tell me like oh some of the topics that we discuss is not what they want to talk about uh and i was on each other so i'm like how much can i be like okay so we shouldn't mm-hmm. talk, about talk about this but i feel like that, that's why there was a disconnect between sisterhood this year and its members um what about you because Another topic which we're going to get into in this podcast is like why some POCs do not attend affinity groups at all. And um, I've been a person who does not attend my affinity group and you have also been a person who has not attended their affinity group. So like what do you have to say to that question? Like why do you think certain POCs do not decide to go to Black Student Union or SOCA or um, Sisterhood and such? I personally don't go because I don't feel like, like we talked about before, it's not much of a community for me. Mm. It was more, especially last year, more of just like a, I don't know, since it's a small community of people of color on campus, it's more of like everybody knows everybody's business. It was more like a false community rather than what I thought it would be. You know, it, wouldn't, mm. it wasn't giving me the sense of bonding that I wanted and hoped for. Mm-hmm. I'm, I can't speak for everybody with that, but like I've heard from other people that it doesn't seem like a nece- like a necessity for them. Like you said before, like they have their black friends, 
Mm-hmm. So they don't feel like they need to go to BSU. So I don't know. I can't speak for everybody with that, but I know my personal experience, like, just with that, like, not feeling the experience, like, the bonding experience that I had hoped for. I understand. I feel that. I think I'm not even sure, like, how. What? What? I'm not even sure, like, how one can um achieve that bonding experience because. At the end of the day, you're not going to like every single individual within your affinity group. Mm-hmm. So my question is, like, how do we even get to that level of, like, bonding and such when not everyone in your group is someone that you get along with? Because I'm remembering, like, there's some members in the affinity groups that I participate in, and I'm like, you're problematic as the word can get, and I don't want to associate myself with you. And the fact that I come to this meeting and see you seems sometimes hypocritical to me. Because that is sometimes, like, the thought process I was having, like, when we would be discussing certain issues and someone would speak up and I'd be like, but you're doing the exact opposite of what you're preaching. Mm -hmm. So that's another, like, aspect of it. I feel as if people, certain PLCs do not come to affinity groups because there may be a level of of hypocrisy. I'm not sure if I pronounced that correctly. But a level of hypocrisy that is not being addressed within the meetings and me personally, I could see why that would put keep me away from not coming and being like, I don't need to associate myself with these people if they're not practicing what they preach, if if that makes sense at all. Yeah, I agree. I also feel like there should be meetings outside of just like the the formal meetings that we have. I mean, I mean mm-hmm. they're not. Hey, okay. Everyone, please welcome Jess Dannery to What's Affinity for 500 Points. Woo! Hey, Jess. Woo! Yes. Welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome. I'm happy to be here. Yes, ma'am. Yes. So, how are you doing today? I am good. Only one more paper to go. Ooh, love to hear that. Yes. (laughs) We love to hear it. So, um, today for our segment, we are discussing with you white allyship in affinity groups um first thing I want to ask you is what does that mean to you Jess yeah so I think I've gotten more clarity about this since Mm. coming to Kenyan because like affinity groups I feel like at Kenyan like initially when I came in I assumed like since Kenyan was such a white campus that they were like spaces just for like people of the affinity group like people of Mm -hmm. color only spaces but um like I've since learned that like part of that is like actually like showing up and being a good ally so it's not just like you know like POC only spaces are important but I've also been like really I don't know like touched by like how like welcoming um affinity groups are even to like white members hmm what would you say, um, one thing that me and Farrah were discussing is um, how it's very much difficult for us to basically differentiate when white members come for clout, basically, mm-hmm. and are coming to get social capital mm-hmm. versus when they're coming on their own genuine into like genuine intention and like wanting to show that they support a group. And then also, with that being said, how do they maintain allyship without 
conceiving so like taking up so much space mm-hmm. within the affinity group that there's none left for um affinity group members mm-hmm. so what's your response to that mm-hmm. i think like i don't know just speaking from like what i've tried to do is just like like you're there as a supporter like this is not your group like you are a guest you know and like always like being like oh I am a guest in like your space you know like this is not a space that was created for me to like show off you know like and make me feel woke and shit you know oh sorry you're fine this is a a rated (laughs) our show rated our show honest podcast yeah but like I don't know I think just like decentering yourself is like so fundamental to it like not being like oh, you know, like, I'm here for myself, but being, like, I'm here to, like, support my friends, you know? So, how do you feel white allies can show, better show that they are there for, like, the better, the better being of affinity groups rather than just, you know, appearing as they're doing social capitalism? Mm-hmm. I think, like, something that, like, I've learned through experience is like always like being ready to like stand up like just like being a white person you know like white people I feel like when they're around me you know like in like a like white setting they'll like try and say shit you know but like I need to be like consciously ready like never surprised you know like always ready to like actively speak out like I feel like when I came in like there was more of like I felt like more of a passive thing like it's like oh like I assume that like people at Kenyan were woke you know they wouldn't be racist but like Mm. they are racist and like Mm. I feel like I need to like constantly be on the lookout for that and ready to say something not just wait until like I don't know but I feel like just like in white spaces and like being a white person you need to like even within those spaces when they're like aren't POC you need to be ready to be like hey that's Mm -hmm. wrong like absolutely not you know yeah a big discussion we've been having in affinity groups is the lack of respect towards these groups Mm. How, what steps do you think can be taken for the outside community to grant more respect and instead of like judging these communities and looking down upon them, mm. learning from them? Mm. Like, like lack of respect, like, uh-huh. like just like, just like, as if like they don't necessarily rec- recognize us as a legitimate organization, they instead see us as maybe a complaint group where we go and tell our sob stories instead of. Uh-huh talking about racial issues and delving into topics that need to be discussed so what is your um response like how do you think not that we necessarily need for them lord help <laughs> not that we necessarily need for them to take mm-hmm. it seriously but like how can the bond be more strengthened you know mm-hmm. yeah like the relationship and all together mm-hmm. i think like wow i feel like I don't know. I need to stop being surprised with my community. Like, not <laughs> respect, you know, because, like, I don't even know. Like, just, like, not respecting the voices of people of color. 
like particularly like if we're talking about Kenyan like on like like in a PWI like such a white privileged space um jeez like that's a packed question if yeah, you know, it's like, a fine, yeah okay. no, but I feel like like I should and I think like just showing up like not I don't know like when like it's not even a complaint you know like when a POC group raises a problem at Kenyan or in broader society like listening to it and if like your community so like let's say like white people aren't listening to it like I feel like it's on me to be like y'all need to listen to this like Mm -hmm. you know like try and like not like take away y'all's voice but like uplift it when Mm. people aren't listening like I feel like that's just like using white privilege like not speaking for a POC member but calling your people out when they're not listening Mm. well yeah um thank you so much for your time thank you thank you on to our next topic of campus representation of affinity groups we will be inviting our next guest the bsu president salam bazuna hello welcome to what's affinity for five points hello. hello welcome welcome thank you thank you <laughs> <laughs> so salam could you first tell us what affinity groups are you associated with? um the affinity groups i'm associated with are the black sea union sisterhood um the african student association um yeah those are my big three i think that so um our first question for you is what is your when okay matter of fact when we talk about affinity groups like what is the first thing that comes to mind like what how how do you speak of affinity groups and what does that mean to you as a kenyan student oh i think different spaces have different purposes I think affinity groups in general provide spaces for people to be more vocal about their identities, which they can't really be as vocal about like outside of these groups. And this is space like people Mm. feel more comfortable to talk about these identities, like specifically Um, for sisterhood. It's more like personal. I feel like it's more of like a support group type of thing. I think BSU more serves as like an activist type organization Mm. and uh, um, African Student Association is more like informing about like things concerning uh, like the African continent. Okay, cool. Um, so where we're coming to, what we're going to focus on for this segment specifically is how Kenyan College re- reacts to affinity groups, and um, we're going to let you begin the conversation. So, how do you think? What do you think is um, the affinity group's reputation on Kenya campus and how do you think the community reacts to us and what does that look like? Like, what does our relationship look like? Well, I think, again, it's, like, dependent on the type of affinity group. I think BSU more serves as an umbrella, like, activism org for a lot of people on campus. So BSU Hmm. tends to have, like, a lot of, like... um, so, like social pull on campus and is pretty popular organization on campus and the events like bring on a lot of people 
but I think in that sense, like, BSU serves as, like, it, it can turn into, like, this outlet for white guilt, and that, like, that's the organization that a lot of white people go to and are involved with and support to ease, like, their white guilt. For sisterhood, I would say, like, the rest of the campus outside of sisterhood totally ignores it. It's totally invisible to the rest of the campus. Um, you know, like, with the sisterhood or housing thing, like, was it last year? Um, mm-hmm. It was very much a lot of people's, like, first <laughs> instance of, like, hearing about the organization in general. And it was just, like, mm. a thing for, like, white people to back up, I think, to feel let me make themselves feel better um in a lot of cases mm. and like you see like after that whole situation stopped no one's really out here supporting sisterhood like they're supposed to you know yeah um with the african student association uh again i think like white people go to bsu for like all black related <laughs> activities so the african student association is like not on their radar at all because they don't feel like it's necessary so i think um like I don't know just just concern themselves with like complexities and like subgroups within blackness speaking on the BSU's activism I want to go back to I remember last year there was a silent protest regarding I am not your n-word movement at Kenyon mm-hmm. uh, how do you feel the general public at Kenyon responded to that so yeah that was my sophomore year so like two years ago and that actually wasn't a BSU protest it was black students organizing together coming together and like um to do this i'm not your n-word like social media campaign um i feel like a lot of people were scared like that was the first time on campus that i saw like white people like oh shit like (laughs) 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 um it, it was it was a lot it was we it was a very difficult time for us especially because everyone was just on their toes and not really knowing who to trust like I think that semester I probably only like talked to black people because I was just like so afraid because there are so many of these cases coming up of like these people saying this stuff and all these things and it was such a stressful experience because we're all just like like all of our classwork was on the back burn and this was like what we were focusing on and we're mm. coming at it from so many different facets, like with the administration, with like making sure that they implemented that discrimination policy with the school body, like with our sit-in and that letter. Um, there is like, like I, I heard like so, some backlash in that like, oh, why are they doing this? Like, this is so unnecessary. Mm. Um, like, oh, this is not like not a big deal. And I, don't, I, I think that was like the proudest moment for me at Kenyon in terms of activism hmm. because you know we did end up getting that discrimination policy uh, drafted mm-hmm. and like published and everything um, and I, I, did, I did see like a change and like a shift in the culture after that protest with people who experienced the protest on campus but like the issue is like when new freshmen come in, they've never heard of any of this. Like they don't, they didn't know like that any of this happened. So yep. kind of the same thing happens again and again every year, um, which is kind of frustrating, but. Uh. Mm. Hearing that, it makes me um, also think of another experience where 
one could describe it that WSU received some backlash, but um, basically, let's first begin that. Um, thank you to the Black Student Union, specifically you and um, Edward Moretta, for um, petitioning for the past DFL mm-hmm. for um, this semester because of COVID 19. And um, there was a significant amount of backlash um, mm-hmm. as seen in the email thread. And I just wanted to hear, we've talked about it before, but I wanted to hear um, your perspective on that and how do you think that is a, like, how do you think that represents the relationship between the Kenyan community? Yeah, so um, that that situation was so unique because I think it was the first time um, in, like, my leadership position, like, in my time at Kenyan and being BSU, that, like, BSU was speaking on an issue that wasn't directly, like, labeled a surface level, like, of a Black issue, hmm. you know? And I think a lot of the backlash that came from it was, like, people kind of frustrated that the BSU was talking out of place, you know, and not talking about something that is directly, like, labeled as a Black issue. Mm. Like, with the Mark Lamont Hill situation, we didn't receive backlash for our organization because they're like, oh, they're speaking, like, about a Black guy, so whatever, we don't care. Let them do what they do. And in retrospect, like, a lot of the activism that BSU does should be getting, like, a lot more backlash and, like, a lot of other stuff we do. And, like, we would welcome more backlash and other things, but it's just, like, white people don't care until it starts affecting them, you know? Mm. And then, you know, mm. like, the, the like, just inappropriate way, like, so many people were responding to us. Um, so an example... Oh, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it's the getaway. Right. <laughs> it's okay. But, like, even, like, we, we got an email sent uh, to us and, like, replied all to the senior class just completely just filled with so many like it's a, like, it was a very racially charged email and it was basically like saying if you guys need this universal pass fail you're not working hard enough you know like so many like racially charged wow. messages and things like that and i don't know it was it was very interesting like i wasn't scared at all from the backlash because it's like whatever <laughs> but <laughs> it was interesting because like a lot of groups on campus were like I don't know why BSU didn't like consult us before sending out this mm. email and stuff like that. And like for me, I was just like the only people that we have an obligation to consult is is with our members. And you know, we should have like mm-hmm. done a better job at like consulting with our members. It was difficult because it it was all remote and stuff and it would have been done differently yeah. on campus, but like that is my only regret like out of that petition. Like other groups coming up to us like, oh, I don't know, like, why, like, when did you guys consult us before sending out the petition, all this stuff? Like, we have a responsibility to other groups to consult them before, like, we send out anything. Like, send out your own petition. Like, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not like we're the administration being like, we're, we're, <laughs> we're making this, like, pass, fail policy, like, like, for sure. And it's just like, people were treating us like it was an all said and done sort of like email and petition mm-hmm. and it's just like we're just students like being activists like y'all do all the time yeah. y'all complaining to the administration all the time and as soon as the BSU gets out of their place and like speaks on something that affects you now all the backlash comes in mm-hmm. you know but with that being said do you think that the Kenyan community 
takes us seriously. Like like you said, like they they don't care when we speak about black issues and such. But anything else, they're kind of like, what in the world? Like, do you think out? Like, do you think because of that? Because for me, it sounds to me as if like they don't take us seriously. Like I feel as if like they expect mm-hmm. us to complain and they expect us to talk about black mm-hmm. issues solely. So when we do move out of stuff, they're like, what are y'all doing? Like, aren't y'all supposed to be the crybaby organization? Yeah. Like yeah, it's a lack of respect. Yeah. So, like, what do you think in response to, like, do you think that is what's happening? Or is that me being... <laughs> yeah, saying? they're definitely okay with our, like, whatever complaining and activism and stuff when it, like, doesn't affect them directly. So, like, I feel like black students here are treated like a trophy sometimes and our activism is treated like a trophy Mm -hmm. because they don't see what we're doing as like extremely radical like when it's not affecting them but when it's affecting them oh that's when all the guns come out like people (laughs) go crazy well y'all should have been going crazy when we're talking about Michael Mont Hill y'all should have been going crazy when we're talking about all these different things like I don't I don't need blind support, you know, when we're doing all these things. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you disagree with us, like disagree with us please. It'll give us more like a bigger platform. It'll make us feel like you're b- taking us seriously. If you just blindly follow us too, that's as bad as like, you know, like like j- just like completely like dismissing us and like the emails that we got for the petition and things like that. Mm-hmm. But BSU I think BSU is taken seriously as an organization that speaks on black issues and not in as, as an organization that like speaks to like more broad activism that affects all our members mm-hmm. like more complex like complexly like when we sent out the petition we weren't just thinking about like pe- like people who are low income and people who like have you know like um, environments at home that y- you can't really work in we're talking about, like, people who have mental health issues. Those are Black people, you know. People who uh, just, like, can't work at home, don't have access to different things. It's just, like, there was a big conflation with the whole petition that, oh, BSU, low-income, y'all weren't thinking about low-income people. Like, we're trying to think of all these people. Like, yeah. there are hella uh, people in BSU that have mental health issues, like ADHD and things like that. They can't work from home. It's, like, no. it's like bigger than like everything that they were thinking about you know but hey uh, <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that because I'm like man because that is the truth yeah. like, another thing is though do you I have a question like is there ever a moment that you think Kenyan expects too much of affinity groups like do they expect too much activism of us like do they expect us to be at the forefront of everything do you think that's ever an issue or no mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, I I do think that they expect us to do like a certain amount of activism per year. You know, mm. February is usually mm. the time where they expect like everyone to like a, like while out a bit and then like chill out for the rest of the year. You know, yeah. Um, but you know, a certain amount of activism is to a certain extent like good face for the college. And that, like, if we mm. are doing activism during Black History Month, you know, the college gets to be like oh, you see, like, we let our students protest, all this stuff, like, it's a it's a very, like, we're, like, very open to civil discourse, all this blah, 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 that the college, like, thought advertised a lot of the time. So, um, even when we're trying to make <laughs> a point and mm-hmm. be like, hmm, this is what y'all doing wrong, they still get some good publicity from it. Yeah. And they're still exploiting mm-hmm. us. 
Yeah, for sure. And until like we're we're doing something like out of their range, like the the petition and stuff. Well, like when they when they like don't expect for us to speak on something, I think that's where we make the most impact. Because um, the I am not your N word thing was a total like surprise on the administration, like social media, like campaign wise, but. Um, we were like talking to administration behind the scenes for like a month or so before we like brought any of that out. So mm. it's not like they were completely taken off guard, but once we start like really the social media part was really the issue for them because when prospective students come and they're reading in the collegiate, like, oh, this is happening. Like I was on an admissions panel once and there was like a black prospective student. She like brought out the collegian and there was an article um about the i'm not your n-word stuff that she's like will i be safe at this college you know Hmm. and and stuff like that is where we kind of like the the administration like is i'm I'm sure is a bit afraid of us because we're the adjutants on campus (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah when when the face of the college is sort of disrupted i think that's that's where the fear comes in well, I I don't have any more questions, but do you, Pharaoh? Is there anything else you would like to add? No, I would just like to thank you. Thank, thank you, guys. For your time and your contribution. It's always great to talk about, yes. Yeah.